This is Angle Radio. The 13th of September. The weekend is almost there and we students from the minor international journalism will try to make this Friday even better with making some radio. Welcome to The Angle. It's a radio program broadcasted from the glass studio of the whole soul of Amsterdam. I'm Astrid and my sidekick from, for today is going to be Iraide. Let's start off with one of my favorite songs. Here is Cat Groove by Parostelar. Okay, this was maybe not cat proof, but rather it's I'm coming up. Let's go to the main theme of today, mass tourism in Amsterdam. Coming up, we will listen to a Vox Pop and an interview with Jeroen Klaes and Elzebeth. They will teach us a lot about the subject and will also give their opinion. But Amsterdam isn't the only city struggling with the problem, right Eradi? For sure. I'm from the Basque country and mass tourism isn't a new topic there. Cities such as San Sebastian are suffering from it too. Living in the city is becoming too expensive and the traditional inhabitants are moving to little towns around the city. The last polemic has been about Woody Allen. Mr. Allen was filming in San Sebastian a couple of weeks ago and the residents were really dissatisfied. They think that if the city becomes more famous, it will be impossible to live there. How do you, how is the tourism in your city, Astrid? Um, since I come from Belgium, I have no mastering for my whole life because I live in Bruges. Um, I'm used to biking between all the tourists like in Amsterdam, but lately I've been feeling uh, that we have may reach our maximum capacity. Um, also, the shops for the locals are um, like bakeries and butchers are closing one after one because the tourists prefer like chocolate and lace shops. Um, to me, this is very sad because I don't want to feel like a tourist in my own country. Do you feel like a tourist in your own country sometimes? 
Not yet, because in the area where I live, it's like really in the countryside and rural and there aren't that many tourists. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> But since we are in Amsterdam, we are investigating tourism here. My colleagues, Jogen, Jonas and Raymond from Journaly made a Vox Pop with the goal to find out how tourists and locals feel about tourism in Amsterdam. They went to the most crowded places in Amsterdam, like the Van Gogh Museum, and asked people how they felt about mass tourism in the city. The mass tourism is too much for Amsterdam. The prices are very high and things are not available for the locals. I'm from California. It's a difficult topic because I feel like it helps economies but also hurts them. I see, like in the city center, I, I'd rather uh, not go into the city center myself. That's very crowded. Things like Airbnb takeover, people are inflating prices when they don't need to be inflated and creating more of a profit than... I think there really needs to be. I'm actually, I'm half Dutch, half Israeli, and I work here in the souvenir industry. I think it helps uh, the Dutch economy a lot, and uh, we should appreciate tourists. Maybe they can do something about the, the red lights, or maybe weeds. Those things will bring a negative side to tourism. Yeah. I think everyone wants to travel and see the world, so I don't blame them. <laughs> That is what the tourists and locals think about the team. But it's also good to have an expert's opinion. Jeroen Kleis is a lecturer and researcher at Ganabi for Tourism of Breda University of Applied Science. He has his PhD thesis about the economical, aspect, economical impacts of tourism. Jeroen Kleis is also experienced with studies in the field of tourism destination development, urban or re regional development and sustainability. Um, so how would you describe the mass tourism in Amsterdam in like a few words? Well, internationally, Amsterdam is known as a city where, uh, of course, the impacts of tourism are no longer only positive, but uh, also very much to the negative side. Uh, and that, that is, of course, mainly due to the uh, sheer amount of uh, visitors. But it's also due to the fact that uh, and things have changed in terms of how tourism distribute, distributes over the city and how tourists behave themselves. Uh, for example, now with the new with with the Airbnb and things like that, tourists can all, now also be found in the parts of the city where uh, before only inhabitants lived, and that also changes the way uh, inhabitants uh, perceive tourism. Okay, and would you say like Amsterdam is at its maximum capacity now, or um, do you think we can handle more tourists in Amsterdam? Um, it's hard to say. I know that there are certain places in Amsterdam that have reached their maximum capacity, but there are other places where this is less the case. So it's also a matter of uh, handling the, the peaks in capacity. And at certain places, the peaks are certainly too much for the capacity that Amsterdam can handle. Okay. And uh, yeah. Like a lot of the time we hear people complain about tourism in Amsterdam, but can you say like the beneficial things about this tourism thing? Uh, the traditional story, of course, is that tourism is also uh, an industry that creates a lot of work. Uh, and not only work for people with high education, but also people in other types of jobs. Uh, yeah, For example, a person cleaning the room or a person doing all other kinds of services for tourists. 
So in that sense, that that remains an important uh, argument also for for Amsterdam. Uh, And it is, of course, also the fact that they're a tourist can also create a certain appeal for the city. Amsterdam also derives part of its appeal from the fact that there are many people there that are are interested in its history and its, its, its attractions. So tourism in itself is not a it's not a bad thing, and it can also lead to nice, nice social interactions. It's just about uh, the number, which can be a problem, and also certain types of behavior of tourists. Yeah, and do you think we can uh, change tourism in a way that there are other advantages coming to us? Like we can make tourism better, also for the locals. How would you do that? Uh, that's not easy, but it is a challenge we are now facing not only in Amsterdam but in many places in the world where we would indeed like to transform tourism in such a way that it actually contributes to the liveliness and the livability of certain uh, places. And for that, there are no one-size-fits-all solutions. So uh, yeah, my own professorship is very much focused on a contextual approach. So for each place, even within Amsterdam, you would need to think about what to do there. And in some places, it might mean that you would have to limit tourism. There's no other solution than that. There's simply too much. In other places, you might need to steer more on making sure that the benefits of tourism, which there are, come to the uh, benefit of the right people. For example, the inhabitants. Yeah, sure. Um, since you are a lecturer, what's the most important thing you're, you're trying to teach your students? Uh, well, there, there are many things, but I'm try- very much try- trying to make them aware of the close connections there are between uh, tourism and, and livability. For a while, tourism was much more focused on bringing ever, ever more people to places. So really a, in a growth paradigm, and that has now really changed. Now the focus is not on bringing uh, as many tourists as possible to places, or, or at least it shouldn't be, but more on making sure that the type of tourism and the type of tourists you attract actually match uh, what is good for the local uh, place and the local population. Yeah, sure. And we've been talking about Amsterdam for a while now, but um, Dengeek is always is also a city in Amsterdam and they're currently working on attracting more tourists. Do you think mm-hmm. Dengeek is cap- capable of becoming a tourist city like Amsterdam? Uh, which city do you mean? Dengeek, Dengeek. Oh yeah, 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 sorry. Dengeek is kind of a different situation because it, of course, doesn't have the masses which uh, Amsterdam has. Uh, it, in that sense, it's still trying to attract more people, but it's also trying to make sure that it's no longer a destination where people go for just one day, but people also stay longer than one day. Uh, in general, you could say that tourists that spend night are a more attractive type of tourist than people that just come for one day and uh, don't really produce any uh, beneficial economic impacts or, or social impacts. So I understand that strategy of trying to make sure that The Hague is becoming a destination where people can spend more than one day. And in general, that I applaud that. Okay, um, and maybe last question. What do you think about the quote, Amsterdam is becoming Disneyland? Uh, well, that is an experience uh, some inhabitants surely have. And in that sense, you would have to prevent Amsterdam from becoming the next Venice. So that this same quote is being often there, used there as well, that the people living in Venice, as far as there even are still people living in Venice, there are not so many more left. They really feel that they are living in a poorly managed theme park. Uh, and that's, for Amsterdam, you would really need to prevent. And that's not that, that's the challenge we face.
Okay, thank you for this interview. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. She played the fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an Englishman. Kissed her on the neck and then I took her by the hands of baby, I just wanna dance. I met her on Grafton Street, right outside of the bar. She shared a cigarette with me while her brother played the guitar. She asked me, what does it mean? The Gaelic kink on your arm said it was one of my friend's songs. Do you want to drink on? She took Jamie as a chaser, Jack for the fun. She got Arthur on the table with Johnny riding a shotgun. Chatted some more, one more drink at the bar, then put Van on the jukebox, got up to dance. You know she played her Pretty little girl Beat me at pool and then she kissed me like there was nobody else in the room. As last orders were called was when she stood on the stool after dancing to Kaylee singing to trad tunes. I never heard Carrick Fergus ever sung so sweet. A cappella in the bar using her feet for a beat. Oh, I could have that voice playing on repeat for a week. And in this packed out room, swear she was singing to me. You know, she played her fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an Englishman. Kissed her on the neck and then I took her by the hands and baby, I just wanna dance. My pretty little girl. Closing time, I was holding a hand, a hand was holding mine. Our cold spoke smell of smoke, whiskey and wine. As we fill up our lungs with the cold air of the night. I walked her home, then she took me inside to finish some Doritos and another bottle of wine. This was a tune with Galway Girl. We already heard the meaning of a lecture, but there are also a lot of associations who are committed to their city. One of these associations is the Association of Friends of the City of Amsterdam. Did you heard of it before, Irade? No, I haven't cared about it before. No. no. But yeah, one of the members is Elsa Witt, and I had the pleasure to have a conversation with her. Uh, yeah, maybe you could introduce yourself at first. Yes, I'm Els Eping. I am a resident of the inner city of Amsterdam, and I am also a board member of the Society Friends of the Amsterdam City Center. Uh, and we are fighting, actually, or st- uh, striving, but often fighting for, one, uh, keeping the monumental city, uh, uh, keep it like it is and protect it. And the other one is a fight for the restore the balance between living, working and celebrating or entertainment. And uh, right now the entertainment is winning. And can you explain a bit what kind of measures you want to take? Um But the first thing we uh, we said is uh, a change in the there should be a change in the mind of the administration of Amsterdam. For years they wanted the tourists, for example, to come, and they did everything to accommodate the tourists. And we said you should not think about the tourists because the quality of Amsterdam is the dynamic living city. So you should in everything you do, accommodate the residents. And now in the last, um, how do you call it, coalition accord of this administration, where they decided to work together, it's it's there. It says the residents come first. So that's for us, it's the victory. 
But still, it doesn't always work that way. But for us, it's important to keep telling that, look, you can't only facilitate tourists. You have to think with every measure, what does it mean for the residents? Yeah, you're talking about the administration, but you do you also think that tourists have to change their mind of thinking when they're on vacation and stuff like that? Well, I don't think we can as long as we have window prostitution and 75 coffee shops in the only in the red light district. So in, that's not for Amsterdamers. They don't go there anymore. We are the biggest coffee shop in the world, actually, for tourists. Uh, I don't oppose, I'm not opposed to coffee shops, but we should not facilitate a whole area to be only for tourists to go and watch women in lingerie behind the windows. They don't go there anymore inside. They just look and make photographs and and make fun of it with thousands and with and they come for the coffee shops. That in that in provokes very bad behavior. I live just outside Red Light District and from Thursday morning till Monday morning it's actually no go area. Yeah. Yeah, so how does your organization try to spread your Well, we we have uh, three and a half thousand members that makes us a partner for the administration of Amsterdam and we uh, pro- do proposals. For example, what we now shortly pro- proposed was to uh, close the windows, the prostitution windows in the red light district. We don't go into the discussion about prostitution. Everybody thinks about it, but the only thing we say is let the ladies work inside and take away the magnet to the 35,000 people who come there every week to walk the narrow canals and uh, have parties and drink and blow and misbehave. So we think we should... We sh- uh, that, that's our proposal, and it's one of the scenarios the mayor just intro- uh, pro- proposed for the discussion. One of the she proposed four scenarios uh, because she acknowledged that it's indeed a situation that it's not possible to keep at a, to, to sustain. And she she proposed four scenarios, and one is close the windows and let. The, women work inside. So that's because of our proposal. Okay. And now we fight to have that uh, uh, accepted. Maybe last question. Um, how do you see Amsterdam like 10 years from now? How do you think it will develop? Um, I used to say in Amsterdam, the, 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 if the ship doesn't stop, the, the land will do it. And I hope that will happen in Amsterdam as well. Because... What we notice is Amsterdam people love their city so much, they don't want to give it up. Um, we made a uh, website now. Uh, it's called Stop de Gekte op de Wallen. Look at it. That's uh, with our proposal in it. And um, uh, many people react on the website. And we ask for a reaction, a written reaction. And, they, and what's so beautiful, I think, is that All, almost all the, the things people write is about this is my beautiful city. It's too good to be to to give it away. Uh, we should protect our city. We should take it back. So I am hopeful that Amsterdam people won't let their city 
die. And it will die if residents leave, because then it's not a living city anymore. Okay, thank you. This was Respect by Erita Franklin. Since there's so much news and sometimes you can't catch up all the time, or at least I have this problem all the time, Irade made a summarize of the news of the previous week. Let's go, Irade. Trump dismisses Bolton in full disagreement over the Afghan process. John Bolton, Donald Trump's national security advisor, has joined the long list of senior officials dismissed by the US president who highlighted a strong disagreement with many of his suggestions. The cessation of Bolton comes between information of discrepancies about the negotiation with the Taliban. If we continue with the discrepancies around the world, Boris Johnson's suspension of Parliament has been ruled as unlawful by judges at the Scottish Court of Session. British government says that it will appeal to the UK Supreme Court. Revelatory member of Parliament Dominic Grief said Mr. Johnson will have to resign if he is found to have misled the Queen's about the suspending the Parliament. Coming back to the Netherlands, the doctor who had been accused of murder for euthanizing patients with severe dementia has been found not guilty. Hudges in the Hague have decided to, that the euthanasia had been carried in a proper way because the patient was incapable of responding. That's why the doctor didn't need to verify her wish to die. Continuing with the Netherlands, Prince Harry fa- has flown to Amsterdam to talk about sustainable tourism. The prince has been working on the Travelist project along with Booking.com and TripAdvisor for two years. The main objective of the project is to encourage sustainable tourism practices accord- across the travel industry. Linked to tourism, Venice has banned large cruise trips through the city. Venice is overcrowded with tourists and the discussion over canals has been held for a long time now. Even UNESCO sees the cultural heritage of the city damaged by tourism, so that's why they decided to ban these trips. Anastrid, do you think tourism damages the culture of a country? Mm, I think that culture should be more respected, I guess. And... um The governments um, of like the tourist countries should uh, protect their local um, inhabitants. Um, like I need that there need to be take measures like um, 
spread the tourists more all over the year because if I look to my city, like I said, I live in Bruges. Um, people come like around the holidays, but especially like in uh, December and January. And also the people always go to the places in like, it's called the Golden Triangle. It's just like three um, marketplaces and the tourists go there all the time. So maybe if you could create like new options for the tourists to go, like like not like necessarily create new museums or stuff, but older nice um, gardens and stuff like that. Um, it will be fine. So what do you think? I believe that, that the number of visitors should be more controlled or decreased just to make sure that the inhabitants of a really touristic city don't feel overcrowded by tourists. But Astrid, how do you feel about Skyscanner and these kind of platforms that offer really cheap flights to anywhere? Do you think they enforce massive tourism? Yeah, for sure. I think they enforce mass tourism. Um, I'm not a fan of cheap fly, uh, traveling at all, like um, flying with a plane for 30 euros. I think it's a bit weird. Um, and I'm also willing to pay for a more eco-friendly way of traveling. Also, people need to um, be conscious about the fact that they also can take a train. It may be a long trip, but also you can see like all the nice nature when you're on the train. So I think it's also a good thing to travel like for a longer time. What do you think? <laughs> Well, in my case, I have to admit that I'm not against the cheap flight. I love to travel and I'm glad that thanks to these co uh, cheap companies, I'm able to pay for the ticket and I get to actually travel. Otherwise, I would stay at home for sure. Okay, let's now listen to a song. Um, it's called um, Unknown by Jacob Banks. I believe what I said Why does everyone end me wrong? If I told you different, would it sound the same? Would it make a difference in any way? Oh, I know I done wrong, I'll pay for it. Your turn to talk for what's I'm listening. Say that you don't want me. Say that you don't need me. Tell me I'm the fool. Tell me you've been tortured. Tell me you've been betrayed. And what I've done to you. Even if it doesn't. Time goes fast when you're having fun. But before we go off over, Tisha has some tips for you in, around Amsterdam. Yes, because uh, we have done some research for nice unknown places in Amsterdam. And um, they are really worth the visit. And the pla these places are really nice to escape the tourism and just have some fun. So we selected four places. I'm going to tell you them now. First, we have the NDSM. And this is a very creative neighborhood in Amsterdam. Um, it is starting to attract more tourists, but it's still a very good place to escape the masses. There are a lot of full of trendy cafes and flea markets, and um, you have a very nice look over the water. Then uh, we have the world of food, and this is in Demon. If you take the bike, it's around 15 minutes. Um, and this food hall is full of street food for over 25 countries, so that's a lot of choice. And then we have the Criterion, and this is a film house in the east of Amsterdam. And you can just have a nice drink before the film starts. Uh, they work together with some different caterers, so you can eat something before the movie. It's nice just to go with friends there or your lover, maybe. 
Um, then we have the Wonder Bar, and this is a mix between a cafe and a restaurant. And it's located in the Rocken. You may not notice it while you pass by, but it's really worth a visit. And it's a nice place to just grab a drink or buy a bite or something just before the weekend starts. Okay, that were some nice tips. Um, thank you, Tirza. Um, I feel like we've been... Um, talking for not so long now, but the show is ending. Um, it was our first time. Like, how do you feel it went, Iradi? Well, I feel that it could be like much worse. <laughs> I think we did a good job. Yeah, I also think we have been a good job. So um, whoever's listening, have a nice weekend and um, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, bye. This is Engel Radio, especially made for you by the Hogeschool van Amsterdam.